0: More than a tuition. Yeah. Got my own company, I make all decisions. Yeah. Dictate a mindset, you better. I stay in this. Oh, good
1: afternoon, everybody. (laughs) I'm like, I can't hear you. Hello, I know.
2: I started I'm like wait a minute my mic started I'm like, <laughs> I'm
1: like good, hey what good afternoon miss carol cake how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just waking up but I'm good. Says <laughs> I totally understand. I
2: I've been partying all weekend. And oh, I yeah. am I'm exhausted. Today's my birthday. This oh, is my birthday. Thank, Thank you. you. Um
1: because, sorry my dogs are acting crazy stop <laughs> stop it hello i'm sorry <laughs> yeah
2: that's okay honey um but i just you know when i met angel and i she told me about you when i went and did my research and i was just totally amazed and had so much admiration for you um and Thank i you. just think that you're a force to be reckoned with, and, I just think you have so much to offer and so much knowledge uh to give women that are, you know, coming behind you. Um and that are trying to be successful in so many different aspects because I think that's important for us as women, you know, to be acknowledged for. We wear many hats sometimes right. and that's never acknowledged. Um and I think that you've been able to accomplish so many different things and so many different you know, environments. And it's crazy because from athlete to real estate to being a, a business owner yourself, I mean, I just think that it's amazing. Um, And I want to give you your flowers, sis, because that's important. And I just respect you and have so much, like I said, admiration and just admire you for being the woman that you are.
1: Thank you so much. I highly appreciate it. <laughs>
2: Yes. Yes. So tell me, Carol,
1: what first got you into music? Oh, so that's funny. Um, People who know me know that I've always been into music. Um, I actually play instruments. I started off back in elementary school playing the clarinet. I played in jazz band, marching band, symphonic band. So I learned how to read treble clef and music. And um I would always do like the talent shows and you know perform like just you know doing covers of other artists like Aaliyah back in the day and Missy Elliott and we would just do all that stuff and then that kind of like you know doing that on stage as a kid really just kind of made me really want to get into it later on but I was like you know I really didn't know which direction to go but that was as a child childhood things and and I would record myself like um just kind of like playing around, freestyling. Uh-huh. Uh, back in the day, they had this little robot called a 2XL robot and it was for trivial yeah. questions and it was a tape, it was a tape cassette you put in, you pop yeah. it in, you answer all the trivial <laughs> questions. So I blew through the questions, answered all the questions, went and got a blank tape and started recording myself just kind of <laughs> messing around, freestyling to um, the Coolio Dangerous Minds, like instrumental. Like I was just playing around, like just messing around as a kid, you know? And so then when I got into music, like on the instrumental side, that really opened up kind of like my eyes to see which direction I wanted to go. And so from there, I went to USC on track scholarship and I picked up piano. So I learned the whole scale of music, treble clef, bass clef, just putting music together in general. And so from there, it was like, okay, let me really get in the studio. Let me just, like, I had so many friends, like, you know, in college, you you mess around with so many different people and people like, Oh, I rap, I this, I that. So I ended up meeting somebody, one of my good friends, um, this guy named Mickey Monday. He's an artist out, actually, right now. His name is Mickey Monday. Shout out to him. Okay. He was like, come out to the studio. I was out in South Central, right mm-hmm. by USC. Like, come out to the studio and record. I said, okay, I got this little cover I wrote to Little Wayne, six foot, seven foot. Let me let me come record it. I don't got no money to pay you, but I'm just going to come record it. <laughs> so I ended up coming and recording I did it in one, like one take. No punch wow. hands, this straight, and it was like a gang of people there, so it was kind of nerve wracking because I was nervous, but um, yeah, that was like my first time actually. I like, put in my vocals on a track in a professional setting in the studio, and that was shit back like in 2010. So, and I put that out on YouTube just to throw it out there, and people were like, Oh, you're doing music? This is why I'm still, you know, this is before I went to my second Olympic Games, I was still, you know, competing wow. in the problem of track and field, so people were like. Are you doing music now? What's going on? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just kind of messing around with it to see how it goes, right? And yeah, that that was like my first taste of actually doing music. I took a little bit of a break because then I went back and made the 2012 Olympics, and then I fully got into music. Uh, I want to say early 2016, towards the end of 2015. Wow, yeah, wow,
2: Carol, and and even with your videos and the things that I've seen online on YouTube, like their quality. They're giving people that element of you gotta step your game up when you come in at Carol Cake. Cause right, you know, you definitely give that vibe and I love it. And it's Thank good you. to see that you invest in yourself. Yeah, you know, and I tell Chris that that it's important to understand this business and to understand that you know you can't make money unless it looks like quality. You can't exactly, you know, you can't give something that is not gonna be something that you can sell or you can market and I see your videos, the concepts, just the beginning, the intros. You're giving people a show, and I love thank it. You, you know, yes, you're definitely thank you. you're, you're definitely an artist, and I just like even when I seen the one with you on the beach, I was like, oh my goodness! Like you went from you went from Beyonce to rapid. Like it was just <laughs> like whoa! Like, that whole Rihanna vibe, everything yes. I was feeling it since so, so I was like, yo! I was like, she did that. Like you owned it, and I love
1: it. I love it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I just feel like, I don't know, like I feel like as an artist, I just want to be able to like put out an entire like product, you know, Um, I feel like, especially like the way the music game has changed like 10 years ago, you know, you're looking at when streaming first came out before streaming, Mm -hmm. like music videos for me, they have more of like a quality aspect behind it. They have more of a storyline behind it. They have more of like it was like almost like a mini movie, if that makes sense. So that's the kind of direction I like to go in my videos. I kind of like to give like a mini movie. Um, mm-hmm. Now the videos nowadays are a lot, some of them are a lot shorter. They don't have really a concept. And for me, it's right. just like, I guess because like I'm from the era of watching the videos, that were like mini movies. So I'm like, I still right. want to put that. I want to include that in my art. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you brought me back
2: when you were talking about the tape cassette, like that was actually how <laughs> I first started recording I ended up finding figuring out that you could put something in the little in the little hole right there at the top of the tape cassette and you could tape over it and yep. from there <laughs> I started taping myself so it's funny that we have that same beginning of recording as right. the same, like if people don't understand that like so tell me what is your creative process like when you're recording
1: oh my god it's so like so it's funny because my writing, pro- I have a writing process and then I have like a recording process. So like when I record, I usually like to be like in a very relaxed environment. Um, mm-hmm. my, my, and my engineer, he's from South Central. He does, we have a studio we go to, obviously like an actual studio, like all the nuts and bells and whistles. But then we actually, sometimes he'll pull up on me and record at my house or we'll record at his house. And I just like a very relaxed Setting. I actually record sitting down. Like I could stand up and record, but I like to be chill. I'll be sitting down recording. Like I like to just be right very relaxed. I don't like it to be like some people like have to have a whole party going on in the studio for them to record. Mm -hmm. Like for me, I'm the opposite. Like I'd rather just have it be more like chill vibes. I'm sitting down. You know, I'm in my element, I'm relaxing, I'm recording. And then when it's time to turn up, obviously, and bring that attitude, depending on what type of record I'm doing that day, then I can bring, Mm -hmm. you know, I can bring that the energy that is needed for that specific record. But I'll be just like this, sitting down, (laughs) recording. (laughs) So, but that's your element, that's
2: your comfortability. And I love that you own it, you know, like some artists are not comfortable. And I think that's why the song doesn't come out the way it should, or it doesn't give that feeling um, that sometimes you need, you need that. Uh, How would you describe the music that you typically
1: make, per se? Wow, I will say the music for, if I had to give like a, I guess, a umbrella answer for all the music that I make, most of the music that I make is more, I will say, I try to do music that is, It tells a story about myself. Everything Mm -hmm. that I speak about is real life. Like I'm not capping in none of my music. Nothing is like, I'm not just making up stuff that sounds cool just to say because it sounds cool at the time. Like everything like I put in my music is usually based off of stuff that has happened to me in my life in the past or that Mm -hmm. I'm currently going through. Um, Like Three Step and One was obviously like a fun, that was like my first type of fun dance record. So I like to dance, you know, I'm, you know. I have a Caribbean background. You had the choreography going and everything. Yeah, yeah. Like the, you had the choreography and everything, and that's
2: important. But when I seen that stage performance, I said, "No, I gotta, I gotta put this in there. I gotta put this in the intro because Thank I you. go to shows and I see artists that try to do that and they have no unity Nothing. within the choreographers that they hire. You gotta really work with them. You gotta really feel the same body motions and movements and everything and to see you do that with those two women, I was like, she got it. She got Thank it. You. She already know how to go and do a performance and, and have the right energy and she practiced because people don't understand practice is important. I yeah. see so many artists that show up with choreographers and they're not in line with the choreographer. And right. this, you did that. You did right. that for me. I, Thank I, you. I loved it. Yeah, I love it. Just that performance that I
1: see. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. No, and it's funny because it's funny people ask, like, what is your strong point as an artist? For me, my strong point is my performance. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. some people feel like their strongest element as an artist is maybe like being in the studio recording or their writing or whatever. For me, it's my performance. Like, when it comes to performing, I just feel like, I guess, because I've been at it's because I've been an athlete so long. I've been an athlete for my entire life. I'm used to being on a different type of stage, competing showing out, running, racing. So it's almost like when I go on the stage and perform, I kind of get that same type of high, like, okay, it's time to show up and show out. Like, let me put on, you know, right. it was like, when I'm on the track, it's C-Rod. When I'm on the stage, to right. perform, it's Carol Kate. Like I transform, people were like, you're just super chill just sitting here talking. And then you go on stage, you become like a whole different person. And it's kind of like, <laughs> I could turn it on and I can turn it on and turn it off and something about right. the music yeah something about the music when i get on stage i just i don't know it's almost like i just play to the crowd and you know especially rehearsing rehearsing is very important when you have a choreographers involved and like i That's said back to being an athlete like shit, i used to go to the track for five days a week and train hard so it's like That's okay i could go to the dance studio what twice a week and knock this yeah. routine out like it's easy <laughs> right. yeah right and that was the thing when I grew
2: up, it was all about doing the talent shows and being yes. a part of. The, and and like in our era, I grew up in the eighties. I'm actually forty three today. Okay, okay, so happy birthday. I grew up, you know, does I grew up in that era where you had to like dance. That was your right. one way out the hood. Right. Everybody, if you wasn't dancing, you was rapping. You was singing. You was doing. You was singing. You know, yeah. like that was your way out of the hood. That was your way to be noticed or to be seen, whether it be an athlete or music, you know? Um, So that it's, it's crazy to see that. Like, it's like you have to really own it and you really have to rehearse. And that's what makes the best artists and the best performers. Like I tell people, you can be a great, you know, artist, but you're not a great performer and you have to have a package. You have to be able to package that all up and, and be able to sell it. And it's important. Like, and I think you own that. I like, I told you, I was totally impressed. I was like, I need to have her on the show. I need to show women that there's women out here, like Carol Cake, like that really is out here doing it and changing the aspect of how women are viewed as just overall beings, you know? Like we, we have so many different, uh, Just so many different aspects of us, you know, and being an athlete from artists to real estate, like that takes time, that takes energy, that takes dedication, you know, and and loyalty and and passion, you know, and I love that about you. I love that you have that. Thank you so much. Don't stop having that.
1: (laughs) Thank you. I won't. I will not. (laughs) I appreciate it.
2: (laughs) You're inspiring so many women. So tell me,
1: um, how did you become the fastest woman in PR? So basically, it's funny. Um, so my dad is Puerto Rican. Uh, he's uh-huh. born and raised out there. And my mom's from New Orleans. Born okay. in New Orleans, but grew up here in Cal. We'll be back and forth. I'm born here in LA, California native. Uh-huh. So my, my roots take me back. And when I was competing back in high school, I ran for the U.S. team back in the day. I ran. I made the USA national team, junior national team when I was younger, and my wow. last name. So it's funny, the Puerto Rican Federation had reached out to my high school coach and was like, "Hey, is she Puerto Rican? Like, what's what's going on? Like, her last name Rodriguez. Like, what's happening?" And so, found out that I could switch over and represent my father's country, and I said, wow. "Oh, that would be cool. Like, that would be something cool to do." So I ended up doing that, switching over. Um, my senior year in high school. And then from there, it was almost like, okay, I ran, I competed, college. And I ended up going to USC on a full ride. And from there, just went on and competed. Wow. And because I started running really, really fast, I ran the second fastest time in the world as a, as a sophomore in college. And that was amongst wow. professionals. I was amongst... People thought I wasn't going to come back to school. People thought, you know, she's leaving school. She's going to turn pro. I ended up staying in school because I wanted my degree. And so... Yeah, and so um, from then on, I just went on to compete, compete, and I ended up breaking all the records for Puerto Rico. I broke a bunch of USC records, Pac-12 records, and ended up running, yeah, 100, 200, 400, and even the 60 meter holding the records for all three of those, four of those, actually. And then we went on to do the relay, 4 by one and 4 by 4 relays, which I anchored, and we ended up breaking the relay team. We ended up breaking the records for those. So... It was just kind of like a compilation of just meets and races. And it was like, while I was doing it, that wasn't my goal. My goal wasn't to be like, I'm going to be the fastest woman from Puerto Rico. No, my goal was just to run fast. My goal was to make the Olympic team. My goal was to medal in the Olympics. My goal was to just be the best I could be. And I ended up setting a record (laughs) each time I ran, it seemed like. And I ended up kind of just, you know, creating this whole bio in the process but yeah Mm -hmm. that's kind of how it happened i I definitely didn't plan on doing it it was just like (laughs) you know it's almost like i'm enjoying the process of competing and i'm enjoying the process of being an athlete and then those were the results you know i love it i love it that's dope
2: (laughs) that is so dope like i like again like that the accolades and the things that you've accomplished, I think there's something to blueprint and show women, you know, like if we could have a Carol Kate seminar, <laughs> I would be dope. I would, oh, wow. I would definitely sign up for that. We need, we need Carol to teach us how to be, you know, multi diverse um, entrepreneurs and women, you know, just forces right. in life and, I mean, and sometimes it gets hard. I know, you know, like people say I wear a lot of hats and I do, but I, if I didn't, I don't think I would be happy in life. You know, I don't think that one thing i never wanted to be boxed in. Um, and I see that is what you are, you know, in that, in that element of I, I can do anything. I can do everything. I want to learn right. everything. Um, and that's important for us as women to be as diverse and open-minded as possible, um, just in life, you know, we're not one dimensional people anymore. Um, I think that, you know, that's the new modern day women. Um, and you're one of those. I'm one of those, yeah, you know, and it. we don't have to just be boxed in sis. we could just do everything.
1: And yeah I, love- no, I, I, yeah, I think it's important for us to be able to do multiple things. Like they always say you need what, seven, five to seven streams of revenue income coming in. So I feel right? like I think, it's important to build, you know, like one of the things I did want to do when I was younger was I wanted to be, I wanted to be a mogul. I wanted to be a force. So it was like, mm-hmm. okay, I want to do this. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do this. And just, I think it's important for us to be able to always to continue to learn. Mm-hmm. You no, know, no matter what age we are, we're always once we stop learning. It's like, it's a wrap. <laughs> like we always right. like to, to continue to learn and to grow and, <laughs> to reinvent ourselves. And on average, they say, you know, the average human being has what, 10 10 different careers maybe in their lifetime and you could try something and you don't like it. Don't be afraid to take risks, I think. I think a lot of people get, a lot of people ended up becoming boxed in because they're afraid to take the risk of doing something new and different and, Mm you know, foreign to them or maybe because they feel like they're worried about people saying, well, why are you doing this or why are you doing that or whatever reason it is. I just feel like, when we become afraid to take the risks, it's like, that's when we, we become boxed in. Right. When we look at ourselves like, okay, I want to try this. I'm going to really dedicate myself and, you know, apply the pressure I need to apply to, to achieve what I want to achieve. It's like, then you're going to take the calculated risk and you might fail. You might not, but even failing or falling, you're failing and falling forward. If that makes sense. Like yeah. instead of just being stagnant in one spot and, being stuck in a box. So that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we have to, we have to motivate women. Um, I tell people
2: all the time, like, like you said, you, you lose when you stop trying. Right. And you stop reinventing yourself and you stop growing. Um, if you're not growing, you're dying. Exactly. Like, Absolutely. like you stay, you sit still, you know, like that's important for us to keep motivating ourselves and encouraging new development mentally. Um, to expand our horizon. I You know, that's a lot of times I've seen people, you know, just be very stagnant and not knowing how to grow outside of what they've always considered their normal, you know? And it's like, yeah, that's normal for now, but that doesn't have to be normal forever. Um, You're allowed to grow. You're allowed to try new things. And I I just think that you've been a pillar in that. Um, And I wanted to know as far as who would you like to most collab with, if you could? Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: um, Like underground or like mainstream?
2: Both, two both. I want to see where Carol's at, underground, oh. and
1: mainstream. <laughs> oh, I'm like, underground, you know what? There's so many underground artists. Um, Let me see.
2: Um, I might not know who it is if it's on the east
1: on the west coast. I <laughs> know. Yes. Uh, okay, I'm gonna start with mainstream first. Mainstream. I'll say. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's so many people mainstream, obviously. But she's retired. Oh, she's retired, Missy Elliott. But I feel like she's kind yeah. of is she done? She's not done, but she kind of now, like, pop out like here goes something. She's so she's so producing. She yeah, still produces a lot. Yeah, her production stuff is dope. She's still on her production. Yeah. Too. yeah. Yeah,
2: she definitely still is in the studio. Like, I don't think Missy will ever fully leave music. I um, love
1: that. She's done so. She's one of like my if I have to say inspirations, who's one of your biggest yep. in music. I would say Missy, just because she writes her own stuff, she produces yep. her own stuff. She um, you know, she sings, she raps. She's like the full package and she did stuff out of the box. Like she was doing some whole different type of shit back in the day when people were like, What is she? What is she on? Like it was a whole different vibe and I loved it. She brought so much like innovation to music, you know? And she I was like, she, Yeah, and she over sexualize herself in her music. Nope. Like she kept it like, you know what I'm saying? It was like obviously. This she came like, out in a
2: trash bag, okay? <laughs> Do
1: you remember right. that video? You know? I I remember my older cousins. Yep. Yo,
2: (laughs) they came. They was like, "Yo, this is the new chick." I'm
1: like, "What? Who is that?" It was fire, though. It was like you couldn't deny her. Yeah, she was ahead of her time. She's super ahead of her time. And so, and then she brought out Timbaland and she brought you know, Aaliyah, like Ciara, like Tweet. So for me, it's like she's like one of my biggest, for real, like pillars, like music for me. That's dope, Carol. That's dope. I love
2: that. Because again, a lot of people don't understand Missy is a multi-wearing hat woman. She does it all. She's been musically inclined her whole life. And people didn't know that about her at first. They didn't know how much stuff she had already done in the industry and was working with certain artists and, and things like that. And I think she brought that out. Um, in regard to like realizing that a lot of these artists that are coming I mean, also very multi-talented, they've been in the business already for many years, uh, working right. with other artists um that are mainstream. So, and, and it could be writing, it could be, you know, just rehearsing, it could be anything, you know, and now they here they are, you know, their own artists. Uh, I think Cherry Hilson is another artist that's like that. Yeah, uh, she's, Carrie was right, like, right in. Carrie. Yeah, she did a lot of that, you know, in the beginning, and people didn't know who Carrie Hilson was. And then when you started looking at the credits and seeing how much stuff that she had really already worked and done, you're like, "Wow, I didn't know she had anything to do with that." Uh,
1: so I think that's life. Life. that's so cool, right? Yeah.
2: Um, what would you say is the message you would like to give to your fans
1: about mm. you? I would say my message would be just to kind of always, I would say so much like in this environment that we're in, and when I say environment, mm-hmm. I mean like in this new, I guess, post-pandemic mm-hmm. post-pandemic mm-hmm. environment that we're in, I guess, post. Because it's like so many things have changed, like going back pre-pandemic and then now coming out of the pandemic and then it's just like so much happening. And I feel like in this world we're living in, I feel like the stress levels have gone up. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I just feel like the stress levels have gone up yeah. because so much is happening in this environment. You know, like economically, we're dealing with a lot of stuff, like inflation and this and that. And, this. and I would just say for me, I want my fans. I feel like, you know, and, and it's crazy, like, I guess it brings back to my bring you back to my social aspect of life to where I feel like we just gotta stay on our grind. That's the main thing. Like don't let none of this stuff that's happening around us, like I mean, everything that's happening around us, inflation and this and that, don't let that discourage you. You know, everybody's going through it right now. A lot of people are going through tough times. And I feel like the main thing is to always stay positive, like always start the the next day, the new day fresh. Don't you know, be too hard on yourself, but remember to stay focused and just have a positive outlook on life. That's the main thing. Cause it's kind of hard. I feel like just talking to my friends and talking to people and a lot of people right now are going through it, I would say. And for me, I would just want to reach out to my fans and say, yeah. if you're going through something, if you're going through a struggle, if you feel like you're in stuck in a rut, if you're feeling some type of way, just it's just temporary. Everything we're going through is temporary and just stay focused. And there is a brighter light at the end of the tunnel is what I want to say.
2: That's, like, we have to encourage mental health um, and, and just, you know, is important right now. And that's right. something that a lot of that are struggling with and it's hard. It, it's like, people don't realize, you know, I, I saying, once they blocked us in and, you know, I said, there's going to be a lot of domestic violence, there's going to be a lot of mental health uh, issues and, you know, just that are going through it and we're still going through it. And right. it may not be evident, you know, because these are the reasons, because I think post-traumatic stress disorder is not really seen. You know what I mean? You don't necessarily see a person's trauma. You don't know exactly what they've been through mentally or endured. To understand right. why they the, are, you know, where they are right now, you know, and that's that's the hard, part you know, is that, it's sometimes a lot of times, especially in our community, it goes undiagnosed, you know, Absolutely. and that's something that I tell people: it's okay to talk about your problems and the situations yeah. that you're going through because that's how you're gonna get it out.
0: Right, <laughs> like, and I
1: feel like in our community, you have to. Like, right, and I feel like in our community we deal with it, we deal with it on a like the most. Dealing with so much. And then on top of that, we go out and then we deal with all the systemic bullshit that happens. And it's just a lot. Like we're dealing with right. so much more on top of what the average, I guess i you say American, whoever deals with, we deal with so much more on top of that. So it's like, we really just got to take care of right. ourselves. And even if it's like a day where you just like, okay, I'm going to turn my phone off. I'm going to go outside, take a walk, get some fresh air, do something that I like to do, do something that I enjoy just to kind of like, you know, give yourself that self-love because stuff is, you know, stuff is hard and it's tough and it's a lot going on. I think it's just always good to just try to keep a positive outlook on life and try to not look at everything as, you know, any problem that you're going through mentally, physically, it's not the end all be all. It's just temporary obstacles that we go through. And and I want people to understand that there's definitely, we can overcome whatever we're going through and we are, you know, there's a brighter light at the end of the tunnel for sure that's
2: right that's right yeah. <laughs> it's all about
1: you know looking for the
2: right outlets you know i tell people that like you got to find the right outlets that are going to ease you that are going to calm you that are going to you know you know meditation is important i think that right. a lot of people don't understand our, our mind is usually our biggest enemy you know Absolutely. and that sometimes is like where we got to get ahead you know like or what we were trained to believe was okay or acceptable or, right. you know, and I just think as a woman, as a biracial multiracial woman, I think it's hard for us. And I think that sometimes people don't realize that and in right. honor of women's month, you know, I, yeah, I wanted absolutely. to bring you. On. Yeah. You know, and, and just show that there's sisters out here. There's people out here that are making a difference that are getting up every day and not giving up. And, you know, just going through the struggle and going through the fight of it because right. we know there's something better, there's something greater. Um exactly. at the end of the tunnel, you know. So tell me who would you say is your female inspiration of all time?
1: Ooh, that's hard. All In all honor time. of women. <laughs> of yeah. All time. Oh, because I love so many <laughs> different ones. Um
2: <laughs> give me five. Give me five.
1: Five. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I see my top let me say top okay top five top five oprah for <laughs> sure oprah she's the goat i would say she's, of all time she's the goat if you look at her whole entire like bibliography yeah where started what she has to go through like definitely yeah. oprah oprah for sure um that's my biggest <laughs> that's your biggest for yeah she's the yeah. goat. They call me the Oprah of uh, New
2: England. They're always like, listen, I'm like, listen, I'm trying. Like that was one of my biggest motivations and inspirations. And I tell people like, it's not, it's bigger than just the podcast. It's actually having a network um, that I can run and basically give people, my people, their culture and give it to them in a tasteful manner. Um, I think that's important. I think that we need to own our stuff, you know, and and actually develop, and you know, do things from the beginning. So, okay, let's go back to your five. Oprah one.
1: <laughs> okay, say Oprah. Just the overall Oprah, Oprah for sure. I would say number two. She passed away pretty early, but just like on the athletic scale, she did a lot. I'm gonna say FloJo.
0: Yeah. Um, okay.
1: Flo jo, yeah, FloJo for me coming up, like watching her run, and then. Mm-hmm. You know, she can't she she brought like the fashion. She brought the fat for me, she brought the fashion yeah. to the sport. Like I That's wore right. long hair, i you know, I wore my high socks, I wore long nails, I have my lashes on makeup. Like she brought that flavor, that that fire yeah. to the sport, you know. Yeah. Um so definitely Flojo and track and field and just overall sports, I would say overall. Um, politically, even though she doesn't want to get involved in politics. But she did a really good job just being on that political scale would be michelle obama i love michelle obama like Mm -hmm. i just love how like just everything like everything about her she's just i don't know she's like a reflection of obama but in a female version so i feel like she could definitely run for president and win but right that she doesn't want to so (laughs) but so yeah definitely michelle obama um I don't know. I think I might only have top three. <laughs> Maybe I right? did have a lot. Top three? Yeah. But those, those are. For sure. I could say those three for sure are like inspirational women that I look up to say, like, those are the people I want to inspire to be like, you know.
2: That's dope. That's yeah. dope. I love, this. I love it. Like Michelle Obama for me too, because after seeing uh, becoming Michelle, was it, or becoming did yeah. you see that documentary that I she did.
1: did? I did. And
2: I cried. I, right. like, I had real tears. Like, I was, like, so emotional and taken back because I never really followed her. I, right. I admired her from afar, so I kind of, you know, like, I just felt like, okay, you never really got to know who she was. So right. now watching the documentary, I'm like, wow, sis, you kept it authentic. You kept right. our culture there. And right. you held your own. Like, that's important. Like, I don't think people understand. Like I tell people, like, you know, sometimes being in the environments that I've been in around, you know, other races and things like that and being the only minority um, and having to overly prove myself as not only a black woman, but also as a woman. Um, And it's, and it's hard because why is that acceptable, you know, in our culture that Oh, because we're Black, we have to prove that we are just as much entitled or acceptable or acknowledged as any other race. No, it's not fair that we have to overly right. prove that. You know, you have and to I work I,
1: 20 I, times harder for sure. Like, if you see us yeah. in a position, just know we worked 50 times harder to get there <laughs> into <Right. laughs> the position we're in. Like, it wasn't okay, Glock. It was a lot harder. That's so, right. And speaking right. of that, when we were when you were talking another woman came to mind i don't know how i forgot her but she's cool. like historically black historically madam cj walker ah! <laughs> forgot I what you know? oh my Thank girl the entrepreneur side how she that's came. right like did you see her series yes on? On... yeah and so like oh she's like yeah she was another woman like the first the first woman Millionaire, like period. That's and right. People don't, and people don't talk about that. People are like, oh, she's the right. Black person No, she's not a the black first Black, millionaire. No first,
0: period. Off of like,
1: hair products. Yes. I first, always give her her flowers. The first female, like not just Black female, the first female overall, the first mm-hmm. female millionaire ever. Like yep. ever. So yeah, Madam CJ Walker. <laughs> That's so dope. Yeah.
2: I have this book that I was given when I was a kid. And my aunt in California, I have family that's in California actually too. So shout out to them. Um, hey. Yay. They from Oakland. Um, but actually they're now in Sacramento. So that now they're in Sac. Um, but my aunts have been out there for over, I want to say 40 years. They were out there before I even was born. My mm-hmm. aunt, she moved out to Cali. She's a lawyer. She became a judge. All oh, right. Nice. Um, yeah. She comes from a family of 10 kids. And, the women in my life have been so inspirational and so influential that it allowed me to see that I didn't have to be boxed in, you know? And I think that's important to be good role models and to be, you know, better leaders and, you know, just peer counselors to our younger people and our youth. Um, Whether it's, you know, just people we know from the neighborhood or people we know from, you know, our friends, family, however it goes. I'm, I'm the best cousin, the best auntie, the best... Because I want to give kids that opportunity to see that there's good people out here still making a difference and that you can do anything you want in this life. Um, And don't let your color, your gender, none of that slow you down because there's space for all of us, you know. And I just think we need to own it. You know, we need to definitely... Give our women our flowers and you know, just tell us tell us how much you've inspired and motivated so many other people, you know, and, and I think that's important as women. I like I said to somebody, uh, they asked me with working with men and working with women, what would you say is the big difference?
1: For me, yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Um I feel like it's okay. I don't want to sound cliche, but it is a man's world. Like they say a lot of it's a man's world, quote unquote. And then coming from, you know, being an athlete, which is is another male dominated arena. And Mm -hmm. then going into music, which is another, it's starting, they're starting to have more female rappers, which I'm, I'm excited about, but right. It's still overall a male dominated industry. And for me, it's just like, it's hard. I would say it's harder for us women to work with men just because there's so many different elements that become involved. Especially like in in athletics is totally different. And athletics is like either you're 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 producing and you're doing what you're doing, and you're you know you're running fast and you're not, or you're competing well or you're not. It's just real like kind of like right. black and white. And music is different right. because you could be a dope artist, but then you don't have the right manager, you don't have the right PR, you don't have the right person behind you and you could be dope and mm-hmm. never go you know never go you go you can go unseen because there's a lot of politics right? involved and i feel like in the music industry That's i feel right. like a lot of men and ashanti has even spoke on this i feel like a lot of men tend to play off of that and it's almost like they play i don't want to say all men but a lot of men play a gatekeeper in this industry and a lot mm-hmm. of them will try to like finesse certain things to get what they want for you to make it to the next level you know so for me it's like working with men I mean I can work with anybody at the end of the day but working with men is always a little bit harder just because it's almost like okay going into a situation you want to make sure like okay is this person being genuine it's in the music industry speaking wise is this person Mm -hmm. is this person actually have my best interest or not are they more so looking out for them what is their agenda like You kind of have to almost, like, question what, you know, what the relationship is, if that makes sense. Um, Right. So even, like, me having a manager, like, I have a female manager because I feel more comfortable having a female manager. Like, I had a male manager, Mm -hmm. and it was just kind of like, uh, you know, it was like, eh, they really didn't really deliver how I want them to deliver. And so, and even, Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's just... It's just different. Like, I feel like as a woman, it's a lot harder for us because we're expected to deal with so much more. Right. You know, we're dealing with men trying to come at us, trying to talk to us. And, you know, it's it's a I will say it's like a, a crazy industry when it comes to music, especially as a female artist. You deal with a lot, you know. Right. Um, Ashanti talks about it. You know, Nicki Minaj talks about it. And a lot of people talk about it. But it's just kind of like, okay... I feel like there need to be more women in position of power to basically put women on if that makes sense like right. i'm happy that and Nicki minaj, minaj yeah i'm happy i'm happy that nikki minaj has her own record label it's like okay that's, that's right. a theme a woman in position of power to help put other people you know in right. position of, as well so it's like because and knowing are- just
2: knowing what she had to go through as an artist you know coming up and how people told her to change her body and how she was told she had to look a certain way and you know, dress a certain way And, you know, she became Somewhat like a puppet to the industry In a way, you right, know what I mean? Right. And, and that's important for us to, as women To understand, is that we, we don't have to Be, you know, told How to dress and what to do and You know, how to sell ourselves and how to Market ourselves uh In, in this industry anymore You know what I mean? Like, we can Be fully dressed and still Get the same acknowledgement and the same You know, the same pull and the same, you know, just demand. So it's important to understand that. Like, I think that women are overly, you know, sex, you know, sex ties, whatever. It's like, it's definitely, I mean, and I'm not going to say that sex doesn't sell. It does. You know what I mean? People want to know the unknown. Um, But I think that it has to be done in a tasteful way. Sometimes I think that, you know, there's a crowd for everything and it all depends on what you like and what you're into and, um, you know, things like that. I think that when I was coming up and I was rapping and things like that, like, it was hard for me to get into freestyles at first. I had to become better than the guys um, right. that were in the sessions. And I think right. females don't understand that. Back then, there was not a lot of females rapping in our no. Eric growing up. you know? No. Like, I was the only female on my block. So right. it was like, That's how it you know, you become that person because and people would say oh you rap like a dude but I had to battle
1: with dude. I had <laughs> to become the a to dude right the to, to me that's the best way to be because I feel like that's what our industry low-key is kind of lacking I feel like a lot of women nowadays in order for you to quote-unquote make it they make you over sexualize yourself like you were saying mm-hmm. they make you it's like over the top it's like almost like to an extent where women are talking about It's almost like I don't want to say prostitution, but it's like, dang, like that's all we talk about in every song, like every song, every song, like it gets kind of like burnt out, you know? Um, So, and it's like, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, sis. I see. Oh, yeah, and for me, it's just about I want to hear something like, like I said, we came up mainly on hearing male rappers, and and then when females did come in, they weren't talking about that type of stuff, you know? You had Mm -hmm. Salt and Pepper, you had MC Light, like the brat you didn't hear about all that type of stuff. It was like women actually who had dope flow, dope cadence, like dope content. And now it's like, everything is so about sex, 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 sex. And I get it, sex does sell, but it's like overkill. It's That's overkill, right. especially with black women. It's like, why do we black women have to over-sexualize ourselves? When you hear about some of the few white female rappers, they really don't have to over-sexualize themselves as much as we do, you know? Yeah. And I feel like for me, it's just like, overkill so it's like it's time to kind of start bringing out this new era of rap of female rappers to not always talk about being you know i'm scamming this dude or whatever whatever my pussy that i don't know if i cuss but whatever you know yeah you can all that type of stuff yeah (laughs) right like like, every song every artist is like the same and you know what that brings back to like glorilla she's a new female artist and i actually Mm -hmm. admire a lot of her music even though Mm-hmm. people say she rap like a dude she sounded like a dude right she i like yeah. her style because she's not talking about the same shit over and over she's not talking about oh you know over sexualizing herself she has like a tough right. kind of like and i like it i'm like okay finally something different because right. i'm just tired of hearing like the same old same old like you know mm-hmm. it gets it just becomes burnt out at some point
2: <laughs> exactly and, the, and this is the thing i love remy Uh, Remy was one of my biggest, you know, in that time of me really getting into music and, you know, trying to perform and things like that. And Remy was that girl, you know, she was the one that was, you know, hitting them bars and just saying things that I can relate to um, growing up in that era as a black woman, you know, and just, you know, just feeling like she came from where I came from, even though she wasn't from the same city. You know what I mean? Like that that was important for me to understand that there's other females out here that are struggling um, trying to get into this industry because they have these hard bars and they say these things that, oh, a dude's supposed to say, like, but this is what we grew up around. This is our culture, you know, and this is a part of it. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of times nowadays, Black women are labeled as alpha um, and very, you know, and very dominant. And, but we had to learn to be these women, you know, it wasn't, and, and sometimes it's not even learning, you know, it's something that's in, inherited in us because we right. come from a line of women right. who had right. to do it by themselves. Exactly. Right. You know, that, that's right. important for us to understand that. Like, I, like sometimes people say, Oh, you're very aggressive when it comes to business, or you're very aggressive. I when it comes."
0: But you have yeah. To,
2: yeah, it's like, I, mean, I have to be sometimes you got to turn it on and turn it off. And, I love that about you that you wear so many hats. I like I say to people, I'm a jack of many trades. Um right. I'm still working on my masters on a lot of yeah. them, you know That's like good. I'm That's still good. trying to get you know it, it's like it's a work in process and I think that we all go through that, you know, at some point in this business and this life is wearing multiple hats. Um one of my questions today was if it wasn't for music, what would you be doing? But I know what you would be doing because you do so much already.
0: Right. So tell me
2: about the real estate uh, and the apparel company that you have. Tell yeah, us a little. So I'm about wearing
1: that. I'm wearing one of my X Star hoodies right now, <laughs> See? with a QR code on my arm. And yeah, so X Track Star versus Track Star. I'll get into that first. So X Track Star versus Track Star is my apparel line that I came out with during the pandemic. Um, wow. I did it as a play. I did it for multiple reasons, but I did it kind of as like a way to create a form of merch for myself, for my music, yep. um, mm-hmm. because I said, okay, well, as a artist, but then I have an athlete background. I'm an athlete. I said, what merchandise would represent me well? What, what represents Carol? What embodies yep. me? So X track star versus track star for me was it because It's like okay, I've been a track star my entire life, and now here I am phasing into the second part of my life, second chapter of my life. X track star. What does that embody? It embodies Carol Cake. It embodies the entrepreneur. It embodies, you know, now real estate. You know, so for me, it was like, this makes sense. It has to make. If it it doesn't make sense, I'm not gonna do it. You know, that's right. And and then another reason why I came out with this clothing line is because I wanted to raise awareness about the sport. Me being. A hardcore track and field, I would say I'm a fan of track and field, and I'm an athlete of tracking, you know, a competitor or was a former competitor of track and field. And I felt like the sport just goes so unnoticed to an extent, right? Because I feel like as an athlete as a track and field former track and field athlete, people would always ask me, like, hey, when can I watch one of your meets? Where can I watch one of your meets? Where can I see you run? And it was just, like, I have to, like, send them all these different links or send them, like, my whole schedule. Or, like, my agent would send me, like, my entire my race schedule, and I would send it to them, like, you know, try to come or try to stream it on, you know, um, different, like, channels. But I just feel like track and field doesn't get the recognition or it doesn't get the flowers that it deserves. And even though so many people competed in the sport at one point in their life, you know, right. a lot of people competed in high school, junior high, you know, so That's when on right. to college and I feel like so many people, if, if the sport was, had a bigger platform like NBA right. or NFL, you know, where you know, okay, this meet's going to be on at this time of the day on Wednesday, you know, like you're turning it, you're tuning in, you're watching. We don't have, we never had that. We really didn't have that, you know, in the sport. So for me, it was just about bringing awareness to the sport and creating like almost like a social awareness and creating a conversation about the sport because Every time I wear this outside, people are like, hey, like, you ran track? Or if, if they don't know me, you know, did you run track? And they start talking about they ran track. And where can I get one of those? And I'm like, I'm, I'm the owner. It. So so I think it's just about bringing right. awareness to the sport. Yeah, I want to bring awareness and pay homage to the sport um, because the sport has done a lot for me. You know, it changed my life. And I'm just like, you know, this sport goes so unnoticed. Let's just bring awareness to the sport. You know, that's what it's about. So that was where... X star versus track star came from. I love that. Carol.
2: Yeah. I love and then, that. Oh, go ahead. That is so dope. Like. Nope. That is so dope. Like the marketing, like that's important, you know, is people don't need, no, don't, don't understand that in regards to merchandising themselves, uh, creating a brand, creating awareness. Um, it's a lot that goes into this. And I think you embodied that it, it, it speaks to who you are as a person and who you've Thank been you. as a person. Um, and, yeah. and again, like, so, cause sometimes you see people come up with these branding ideas and you're like, where the hell did they come up with that from? What's the, like, what does that correlate to being anything that has to do with you and who you are and what you stand for? Um, right. So that's important like that you show that, um, That just that way of being is important. I tell artists that, like, you have to own your image. You have to own who you are as a person um, in this music industry. And if you don't want to be, you know, categorized or commercialized, then you have to start from the beginning branding yourself um, and owning who you are as the brand. Um, It's a business. You're a business. We're a walking business, uh, whether it be you know, whatever content we're creating, whatever you know, the image that we're creating behind the character that we have out in this virtual world is a brand, right. um, and that's important for artists to understand that. That it's <laughs> it's not easy. You know, you have to come up with all the one, two, threes, the steps. You know, um, yeah. how you gonna sell it? You know, who who's yeah. gonna be and attracted to it?
1: You know, right? And for me, like the main thing, when I target demographic. Was anybody so, for instance, X Track Star versus Track Star? Track Star anybody who's competing in track, whether it's high school athletes, college athletes, kids, anybody who's competing in track, anybody who is a current track athlete, you know, I feel like this would be something you know, you walking around with a Track Star shirt sure, on at your track me like, That's right. Track. And then, <laughs> like, X Track Star, like the people who used to compete, you know, the people who right. used to run, you got the people, oh, I ran, like, it's funny because. My demographic that I, you know, that I end up selling these to, like I've had people in their seventies contact me like, oh, I ran track, you know, back in the day when I was in college, like, and they, it just brings them to the point where they're so excited to talk about their past track and field career. Like, oh, you know, I ran the 800 back in 1975, like stuff like that, like stories like that. And it's like, well, you're a forever track star. So you need an ex-track star hoodie. Like you need an ex-track star hoodie. my demographic was definitely, I didn't want to, like like I said, box myself in and say, well, only women or only men or only this or that. Like, I want to, track is such a universal sport and so That's many right. people have to eat it in it. And it's one of the original sports. I said, okay, well, let me just raise awareness about the sport overall. And my goal is to have everybody have like an X-Track star or a track star, hoodie, and It creates, conver- it's a good conversation starter, you know? I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And so then, tell us, uh, yeah, just- go ahead that was <laughs> real estate real estate. Yep. So real estate for me was um my stepdad he was into he did loans and mortgages he passed away in twenty eighteen but he was into mortgage he owned oh, his own mortgage company, and so right. i got exposed to estate i got exposed to real estate back in elementary school when I used to watch my stepdad do loans and do mortgages for people and I used to hear him talk i was i really didn't know what was going on, but I used to hear him talk about you know we just closed the loan we just closed the mortgage we just closed and now coming up and becoming older and I understand how important it is ownership. Right. Across the board, ownership, like being an artist, owning your masters, owning your music, owning your stuff, you know, owning your clothing line, owning your own content, owning everything because right now a lot of people don't own their stuff and for mm-hmm. me, it's like, what is the biggest thing, what is the biggest purchase somebody can own in this lifetime that we live here on earth and it's owning property. That's right. And I feel like owning i mean owning property is something that is so important but that does not get enough attention as well or talked about within our community as well because we're not really taught how important it is and it sucks because we should be learning this stuff at a young age we're not and i feel like for me it's like okay me getting into real estate me understanding how important it is for people to own property especially within our community Ownership is creating generational wealth. Ownership creates equity. Ownership creates pretty much everything, you know? And collateral, leverage, like it just, the list goes on and on. And so for me, it was like getting into real estate, you know, I wanted to be able to help people own property. It's important to own property. It's important that, you know, we're able to build off of, you know, the land that we are owed at the end of the day. So it's like, I think, You know, for me, the main thing for me getting into real estate was to help people own property, was to help myself. You know, I wanted to learn more about it myself. I didn't want to just, you know, get into it as an investor. I wanted to learn. You know, I wanted to go to to real estate school, take my exam. You know, I passed my exam on the first time. Like, I really wanted to just dive deep into it. And, okay, if I'm going to help people own, I want to be able to help people learn as well. So when, like, that's I right. work with my clients, like, um, we just, cl- I I closed one of my deals in, jan- my first deal in January of this year, and it mm-hmm. was a first-time home buyer. He went to USC with me. He ran track with me. And, you know, we got a place in View Park, which is amazing area, beautiful area. And for me, it was just like, it was a learning process for both of us. And I want to, that's my thing. I want to be able to help people learn about ownership and how important it is that's and right. how it works. So we can repeat the process so you can build your real estate portfolio and just create generational wealth. So That's that
2: is so dope. That's another thing that we share in common. Um, I actually had my real estate license for some years. Oh, nice. um, it was the time when the market was bad and it was like, oh, you can only do this part time. You can't do this full time. Um, and it was just, you know, it was something that I loved, that I enjoyed, that I, have always wanted to know about and I felt always was important. And I just again I don't think people understand Carol is at the cream of the crop when it comes to real estate. Uh she works <laughs> in Beverly Hills. If you know anything <laughs> about real estate, like that is that is like ambition at the ultimate peak. Like that's <laughs> where I wanted to be. I said if anywhere I'm gonna be it's gonna be in Beverly Hills somewhere selling multi-million dollar houses. Yeah, um, because you that. understand the money aspect when you start thinking right. about money and the commission, and you're like, Listen, I want to sell multi million dollar houses. Who better? What better? Um, yeah. but I also, again, want to teach my people and the people that you know are interested in real estate, you know, how important it is. And like you said, learning every aspect of that business. My TV stays on HGTV, yeah, that same. is like. I, that is my channel. Like people come to the house. They're like, why is your channel on H? I'm like, because I like it.
1: Right. They're watching them learning. <laughs> exactly. No, absolutely. I know it's, it's important. There's so much, there's so many ways you can make money in real estate. Like That's obviously right. I'm a realtor. My office is in Beverly Hills. I do. I'm in the resale. I resell property and even aside to resell, like, you know, you can flip houses. There's ways you can That's flip. Right. There's ways you can do, you know, um, De- on the developing side you know there's so many different ways you can make money in real estate you know investment side there's so many different ways and so for me it's just like I want to be able to you know I'm in I have my license I'm helping people purchase property but I definitely want to help people just build their portfolio and, and I want to build my portfolio and that's you know that's, that's where right. I'm at with, like <laughs> I think it's important I think it's I think it's important for people to get out of the mindset of like getting stuck in the, like, I'm just going to rent, 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 rent. Renting is cool, but it's right. like, I always tell people, if you have the money to buy, buy now. Like if right. you have the money to buy and people are like, well, I'm going to wait for the market to, I'm like, just Google the house that you liked five years ago and That's look right. at the price. Look at the price five years ago and look at the price today. And you tell me if it's cheaper today. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's That's like- right. Yeah, it's not going to be cheaper today. Five years from now, Mm -hmm. I'm going to have five years worth of equity. So I try to tell people, like, if you have the if you have the money to buy or if you have the, you know, the business portfolio to buy, buy now. That's right, Carol. Yeah. My aunts and them always say
2: that to me. They're like, so what? You're single. So what? You don't have kids. You could still flip that. I was like, yeah, but I don't want to buy right now. The market's bad. You know, and she's like, listen, it's it's better now than never, you know? It's and better now. It, it's, and that's where it's like, you know, you have to go and do your research. You have to understand because just because people are saying, oh, it's a housing bubble right now, you know, it's, it's going to burst. And then when it bursts, you know, everything's going to have to recycle and, you know, filter out. And you're going to see who, you know, is going to be able to withstand this recession that's mm-hmm. ahead of us, supposedly after this pandemic. So, right. you know. I, you know, try to at least give people the understanding that yes, you can wait um to see, but we don't know how long that's gonna take. You know what I mean? But if you have the money now, you can buy. I um, yeah. I always and,
1: tell my I always tell my buyers, like, you're gonna deal with two things. Back before when interest rates were really low, 2%, 3%, everybody's like, oh my gosh, blah, blah. You dealt with yeah. low interest, but you you dealt with low interest rates, but then you dealt with a very high purchase price because Mm -hmm. you dealt with houses that had 20 offers bidding wars houses that were overselling for $150,000 overpriced houses because sellers market. So you're going to deal with that aspect. Now feds raise the interest rates up. Yes. The interest rates are higher, but now you're dealing with a lower purchase price. So it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, you're dealing with a lower purchase price. If you buy now with the higher interest rate, you can always refinance when the interest rates drop and you're still building the equity. So it's like, it's like a pick. Pick pick one of the others. You're gonna have to deal with one of the other. But at the end of the day, when you're renting, it's like you're just paying somebody else's mortgage off. At the end of the day, and then when you move, you have nothing really to show. It's kind of like, okay, I'm moving. You're not selling a property. You're not gaining any, you know, money, equity, anything. You're just, you might not even get your deposit back. <laughs> like that's right. And, and that's it. So I try to tell people, like, you know, whether you want to buy and and flip or buy and, and do like a long hold, you know, and have tenants or buy, rehab, refinance, and repeat. Like there's so many different things you can do. I just think it's important to buy. And I always tell people for your first property, buy multifamily in California. I don't know if they have them on the East coast, but they you guys have them on the East coast, right? Multifamily. Yeah. We have multifamilies. yeah. They're really popular out here, especially they just passed a law now where you can turn your detached garage into an accessory dwelling unit. So I always tell yeah. people like try to get a multi family for your first property. You could do it under FHA, they just raised the rate up to a million dollars out here in LA County. I try to tell people get like a duplex wow. or a triplex. Yeah, it's a million dollars for if you get a fourplex for FHA, you can do up to a million dollars in LA County. I try to tell people get a fourplex, live in one unit, get three tenants, rent it out. That's right. Stay there for two years. You could turn it into an income property, and that'll be your income property. Use that as collateral to get your next property. Like, there's so many different ways, and I try to tell people, you know, and it's not, it's not as hard as it seems. We just have to, just have patience. <laughs> <That's> right. <all. laughs> patience is a virtual
2: in this business of real estate. It's definitely waiting out, and you know, just doing your research. Like I tell people, you know, it's it's all about the research. Um. When I'm looking at investments and, you know, I'm looking at five years from now, what is right. expected? What is the overall growth um, expectancy of this property? Um, and I'm looking at the neighborhood. I'm looking at the curb appeal. I'm looking at, you know, right. what the other houses are going for in that market. Right. Um, and, you know, after martyr, you know, marty or, you know, upgrades and things like that, how much more can you get out of that property? Um, and, just understanding that, like, you know, I have a lot of friends that do real estate as well. And they, you know, they tell me, T, you know, it's about basically getting in when it's low and selling when it's high. Exactly. Um, you don't have to stay in a house or in a mortgage for the period or the term.
1: and no, um, I, I think, think that's what
2: people get that misconstrued. Like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be on this mortgage for the next 50 years. No, you don't. No, you're not. You
1: can sell. See you especially later. If your fir- especially if it's your first house, it could be a starter home. You know, right, it could be a star home you don't like to get rid of it, sell it like after two years, you can sell it. You have the equity of two years that you're selling, you know. That's uh, right. And so, and then, like, with everything happening, gentrification is happening all over. I'm sure it's happening, yeah. It's happening, of course, yeah. So, I tell people, like, look, gentrification is happening, so get into these areas because I'm telling you, 10 years from now, it's going to be a lot harder to get in. So, it's like, yes. get in now. You know whether you want to stay there yourself, whether you want to create an income property for yourself. I think ownership, or whether you want to flip it and sell the smiles. I think it's just, I think it's just actually doing it. I think people are scared to take that risk, and they're like, "Well, I don't know," and I don't want to be here for fifty years. And it's like, you guys are looking you gotta look at it from like an aspect to where this is not, you know, even though you're moving there, it's not like your end all be all. It could still be a starter house for you. You know, you just want to be able to build your portfolio and build wealth you know. Right, right. I think you have so much
2: knowledge and <laughs> just, you know, like so much to give, you know, and I think that people need to follow Carol Kate because um, she's. <laughs> Thank the most. you. Uh, what's next sis, for you? Um, I know I, talk, I had talked to Angel a couple of weeks ago and she was like, we trying to get Carol out here. I said, well, you get her out here. We're going to get yeah. her. Yeah. Okay? I want to come out to the East Coast. I love the
1: yeah. East Coast. Oh, my gosh. I love East Coast. So hopefully I'm out there soon. I know like the the weather, hopefully it gets a little warmer and I can come out there when it's a little warmer for sure. But I love, I love the East Coast so much. Um, So yeah, I'll be out there soon. You'll see me soon. And then I am actually, I forgot to mention this. I'm doing a reality show. How can I forget this? I'm doing a reality yeah. show. I'm doing a reality show. Um, I don't Um, know if you got, had seen, but I had went i seen a clip. I've seen a clip. Yeah. Of you. yeah so I auditioned for um Baddies West on the Zeus Network. Um, I'm yeah. actually, yeah, I'm friends. The, 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 my, my um, audition went viral. I don't know if you've seen uh-huh. but it. Went,
0: yeah. Because
1: me and Tommy Lee had a little exchange of words with each other, nothing crazy, but just like a little, you know, whatever, she said something slick and I was, I said something back and, <laughs> but it was funny, but it went viral. And um, so now I'm doing a show, I'm friends with Natalie. Me and her went to yeah. college together. We grew up together. We've been friends for like over 20 years. But now I'm doing another show. It's called The Real West Coast Baddies. It's, people are like, well, what? Is it? It's not West Coast Baddies. It's called The Real West Coast Baddies. It's on a different network called the NYX Network. NYX. The NYX Network. Um, The owner, she is a female. She's Black. Super cool. Her name is Promise. Um, I actually met her at okay. the audition. Yeah, I met her at the auditions and she was auditioning as well. And you know there was thousands of girls there, and like a lot of us didn't get chose, and so she ended up saying, "Well, you know what? This isn't the end-all, be-all for me." She decided to go and start her own network, like a Zeus, but it's called. What? The Net- Net- She's decided her she yeah she started her own network. She has her show called the West Coast Baddies, and me and her ended up following each other because we clicked during the uh, auditions. Because there's a lot of us waiting around, so me and her ended up talking and being cool right. with each other, and um, we followed each other, and then I seen her posting about it. I was liking her stuff and she ended up reaching out like, hey, um, are you interested in joining my show? I have my own show. I have my own network. And I'm like, what? Like, sure. Like, why not? So now, that's right. uh, yeah, we're doing a show called The Real West Coast Baddies. We've been in production doing light filming. And at the end of this month, uh, March 29th to April 8th, I want to say we're going to be in Vegas filming um, all of us together in the house. So I'm excited about that. Okay, so when is it expected to air? Is it well, like next year or how? how oh, like? they're saying it's gonna air like apparently it's gonna be airing. I think in this April, April or May, this spring it should be airing. So, and it's gonna be on the Nick. Wow, mm-hmm. that'll be
2: so dope. You have to keep me posted. Keep. I'm definitely gonna have Angel tag me as soon as she finds. Yes, find out
1: because we're sure, definitely sure.
2: gonna push after you. I love your energy. I support you. Um, you have a sister now here on the East Coast. Definitely hit me up, tag me in anything you have going on. Um, I'm North Girls appreciates uh women like you, and I'm just gonna keep rooting for you. You definitely have my support, Carol.
1: Thank you so much, and thank you for having me and talking and having fun and just sharing our energy together. So thank you so much. And I will tag you on everything for sure and and keep you updated
2: on. Okay, I look forward to it. We're going to get you out here real soon. Okay, for sure. All right. Have a good one. Enjoy your Sunday. Thank you, too. Thank you. Bye. Okay, baby. Bye.
0: Tone. What you mean where I'm at, shit, I ain't at home He in his feelings, he said he hate people alone yeah. Bust down, put this pussy in his mouth Let this yeah. cause that nigga from the south Wanna fuck with me, I'ma turn his ass out Tryna post me on the gram, cause that nigga chasing cloud. And I'ma act like I don't know you when I see you out These niggas for everybody, I just fuck the mouth. Nigga play a position, like you run around and all the ballers looking for me like I am the he wanna slay instead of Cakeyana? Got his baby mama mad that bitch a Hadiana. Made without the nice scar no fake. That Daddy wanna taste, I'ma sit it on the space. Carol, Carol, K. Call me the head honcho, bitch. I'll pull my way back out and live. Scoring points with no assist. You walk a fraud, I am legit. Oh, you mad cause you talking shit just for More than a tuition. Uh, Got my own company, I make all decisions. Dictate a mindset, you better. step and wine. Driving down the beach and my top is down. Got the cumbers bumping that island sound. Police on my tail, I'm slowing down. Need that rude gal living in that West Coast town. Ah, uh. I'm body wild, California. I'm making for the rhythm on the magica. I'm body wild, California. I'm making for the rhythm. Be about your cake, step your game up. I don't count on them, nobody to do shit for me. Only thing I count is paper. Y'all fake woke, it's time to wake up. Bloodline tracing back to the tribe of Judah or the 12 tribes of Jacob. Late nights turned to early morning hustle, gotta stay up. At the crib, quarantine, making plays like a layup. Uh, and then I call my nigga so we could lay up. He's Eddie he like me, natural, I don't need to wear no makeup. Look a Karen, bitch, she can get her jaw tested. She gon' try to play victim just so I can get arrested. I got these hatin' hoes sick, man, they all congested Count the profit, put it back in, bitch, I stay invested